Hey y'all, I'm Sam Sanders, host of It's Been a Minute. There is a lot going on in the world. So on my show, my guest and I make sense of the news and culture through conversation. It feels like we're living in three movies at once. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. It feels like a Mike Judge movie. It feels like a Spike Mm -hmm. Lee movie. And it feels like a Michael Bay movie. Like (laughs) Every Tuesday and Friday, listen and subscribe now to It's Been a Minute from NPR. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. It's time for our annual look back at the first part of the year in music, our favorites of the year so far. But this year, the last six months have been like no other. There were times when talking about music felt frivolous, but we also found that music of all kinds have helped millions of people cope with all the challenges and the change. So while we look back, it will be through the lens of music as healing, as well as something that can inspire change. These are very dramatic times, and I'm very glad to have help with this show. Welcome back, Stephanie Fernandez. Thank you so much, Felix. Glad to be here. Okay, there's lots to talk about, but we're going to start with one of your picks. What are we listening to? This is a song about joy amid struggle, which is kind of a theme for my picks. This is Quien Me La Paga by La Doña. That was a musical artist known as La Doña. Stephanie, tell us a little bit about her. So La Doña is someone who we've been following since her beginning a couple years ago. She's a Mexican-American artist from San Francisco, and she released her first EP this year, Algo Nuevo. And it is short, but it's filled with so many exciting musical experiments in the wide range of Latin American folk genres. This song is really special because it's this cumbia that builds and builds and it's about examining the financial emotional and human costs of gentrification of course we know that san francisco and the bay area is a rapidly changing community that's been pushing out black and brown people in the area for years now she sings in the song in the chorus la vida me cuesta quien me la paga san francisco si me mata which is a feeling that is widely shared among communities in this region and talking not only about the cost of living, the cost of survival, but the cost of life, of a full life, of the things that keep us going. Um, She mentions, you know, las uñas, las chelas, the cost of the things that not only sustain us, but that feed us and that move us through these difficult times. Big fan of hers and love all the subtext and all the other things that come along with her music. That's a good pick. 
I do want to remind people that it's very difficult to put these shows together in the middle of the year and at the end of the year because there's so much great music. But these are just some of the songs that have stood out to us. If you go back and listen to our shows as well as our playlist, you'll hear everything we've played this year. So with that, uh, we're going to continue. I brought in a track by a, an artist that I heard earlier in the year that just completely knocked me out. Her name is Maria Jose Yergo. She's from southern Spain. And she put out this great album called Sanación, or Healing. Mm. And this is a track. It's called Me Miras Pero No Me Ves. You look at me, but you don't see me. Very similar to some of the themes that are happening here in the United States. It's a reference to her Romani culture and her background. Let's listen to the song. We'll tell you a little bit about her after. This is called Me Miras Pero No Me Ves from Maria Jose Yergo. The whole album is a combination of really nice electronic stuff and hardcore, very deep flamenco roots. And that particular track com combined a little of both. Mm -hmm. And again, me miras pero no me ves, you look at me but you don't see me. It, again, it reflects the status the Romani people have in southern Spain or have had over the decades. Again, a persecuted people an ostracized people. And a lot of times, all of that comes out through music. So that is Maria Jose Yergo. My first pick. Let's continue with one of yours. So much of the music that we love in Latin America comes from oppressed people and particularly from Afro-Latino genres that have been historically erased or whitewashed. Um, this next track of mine is Humano by Chokitown, and their music is just pure joy. Take a listen. Somos humanos. Yep. Woo. So keep down. Dilo. Soy un guerrero que no se rinde, que siempre camina firme. Lo que tú digas no me define. Yo sé bien a lo que vine. Tengo una gana que no me deja dormir hasta no ver bien a mi vieja. Mi libertad no sabe de rea. Ya superé lo que me acompleja. Tengo la suerte de no creer en la suerte. 
Tengo la fe de que hay vida después de la muerte. Tengo la vista de águila, pues en la meta. Tengo la sangre legítima de este planeta. De mi abuela tengo la paciencia, de mi abuelo la sabiduría. De mi padre me quedo experiencia y de mi madre la compañía. Tengo cosas que antes no tenía, de donde vengo yo hay alegría. No me la quiero dar de mesía, yo simplemente soy un humano. de que te ha servido en la prisa si no vives bien ni un solo día no puedes regalar ni una risa esclavo de la tecnología quién lo diría que el ser humano sabía que el corazón dolería dime por qué cada paso de avance cinco también retrocedería si no puedes estrechar una mano bajar tu ego y perdonar si no te llenan lo que tú tienes nada jamás te podrá llenar un paso a la vez no presumas ser feliz tan solo siente hey, que lo bueno de la vida lo tienes al frente eh, oh, ah, eh, oh, ah, eh. Agarra la cuerda eh, oh, ah, eh, oh, ah, eh. Que no se te pierda eh, oh, ah, eh, oh, ah, eh. Sé que merecemos más Mucho, mucho más Porque somos se propone motivación para los que vienen agradece por lo que tienes y cada día más se compone el pobre del rico supone que no valora lo que tiene no importa de dónde viene todos somos seres iguales lo importante no es cuánto vale sino cuánto tiempo sobrevive disfruta la vida así así todo bien como el pibe that was the music of chalkeep town from colombia i saw them maybe 10 years ago at South by Southwest uh, when they were first getting started. Mm-hmm. Long-time fans of Chalkitown here on Alt Latino. They have had an almost two-decade career um, and two decades of work under their belt, and they're one of the biggest bands in Colombia now. And they've always had this efficiency in their music. They're really good at just distilling happiness into, like, three minutes. And I think their newest album, Chalky House, which dropped a couple weeks ago at a truly unprecedented moment for our world was for me felt like a gift I got that for nothing in return you know like this album really just helped me feel good at a time where it's very hard to feel good I mean I want to call out specifically the current uprising in the movement for black lives that's of course been very strong here in DC and and the country over and it sparked of course a conversation that is not new within the Latino community but which many mainstream and industry outlets are kind of catching up to. And Goyo, the front woman of Chokip Town, has been leading this conversation for as long as that they've been making music. You know, they're from Choco, a region of Colombia on the Pacific that is majority Afro-Colombiano. And their music, as they've become, you know, Sony Latin worldwide pop stars, has still remained very faithful to the musical influences of that region and to honoring the community that they come from. This song in particular... Humano speaks to that fight that they've been in for a long time. I think it's easy to hear a title of a song by a pop group called Humano and think that this is going to be some kind of like, we're all one human race nonsense. <laughs> but I think that would be a willful misreading of what this song is saying. I read the thesis of this song being that the most universally human action we can take for another person is to sustain and aid in their fight towards liberation. The challenge of dismantling global anti-blackness, particularly in the Latino community, 
is one that is not going to go away after this current moment. It's one that we're all of us have the responsibility of continuing and not to linger too long on like the industry and all of that. But of course, what we've seen, and I know that more is coming in the pipeline from Mot Latino on this particularly, is the way that artists within mainstream Latin pop have responded to the current moment. You know, another Colombian artist, Carol G, posted a BLM post invoking a picture of her dog <laughs> as some kind of call for racial unity that was just incredibly tone deaf and misguided. And yet this industry seems to prop up people who have a long way to go in terms of understanding the significance of this moment. And I think it shows the work that remains to be done across the industry. And Goyo remains, you know, one of the most powerful women in this industry, someone who is a true role model and an artist. I want to read a couple of the lyrics from this song in her first verse of this song, which is just so powerful, where she says, Mi libertad no sabe de reja, superé lo que me acompleja. Tengo la suerte de no creer en la suerte. Tengo la fe de que hay vida después de la muerte. Tengo la vista de águila puesta en la meta. Tengo la sangre legítima de este planeta. I don't know, I mean, how often do you hear that kind of lyrical mastery in your everyday Latin pop song? I think it's very rare. And so I think as popular as they are, Chalky Town remains supremely underrated and deserves even more of our support. When Jasmine and I traveled to uh, Colombia about six years ago, we were able to spend some time with Goyo in Bogota. Mm -hmm. And again, she was even then, and especially then, as they were just starting their climb, she struck me as very, very clear, very strident, and, and, and very focused on what her message is and what the message of the band is. It's a very impressive band, really. I'm glad you brought that track in. I'm going to continue with one of my tracks. Um, it looks like I have a couple from Spain. This is a new record from Mala Rodriguez. Uh, she is a rapper, singer from Spain. She put out an album, uh, and and it's full of songs that are almost party anthems, but still have deeper meanings than a lot of the lyrics. And Mala has always been one who calls things out. And this album is a combination of all that, obviously recorded way before the pandemic and before the uprisings, but still resonates with what's going on right now. I'm going to play a track called Aguante. This is Mala Rodriguez. Lo llevo la sangre, como una katana 
You are listening to Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. I'm here with Stephanie Fernandez, and we're looking back at the first six months of the year in music, and we're looking at it through a lens of all the things that have happened in the last six months, or at least the last three months. Stephanie, what do you have next? Well, first of all, let me just say that I love that Mala song, if only for the music video being a tribute to the best, worst movie of all time, The Craft. But (laughs) that's another episode. (laughs) (laughs) My next pick is something we featured on the show pretty recently, actually. This is Chucky 73 and Fetty 031 with Dili. Stephanie, tell us a little bit more about that one. Two of my picks are EPs, which are pretty short, but I think this EP, Siete Tres, which was independently released by the crew of the same name, led by Bronx Dominican rappers Chucky Siete Tres and Ferio 31, has been just a standout. Their influence on New York's drill scene has become really clear, and they've gotten millions of streams already just organically. I include this not only because it is just so good and it rolls, but it takes the scope of what this EP sets out to be, and it just kills it. It's not very dressed up. It's very simple. Each track relies on one or two instrumental cues. On this song, it's a minor key piano loop, which is certainly well-trod territory for trap music. That in itself is not anything new or inventive, but on this track, it just really allows Chucky and Fetty to show off what they can do lyrically. They're both in their early 20s, you know, they're kids. And I think it speaks to the fact that, like, just being really good at what you do can organically 
lead to and this almost instant fame. Like this is how you rise based on pure talent and credibility. You got a nice role going, Stephanie. Let's play one more of your songs. Well, my next pick and my final pick is kind of the thing I couldn't avoid in an episode devoted to the the best or most standout music of the year so far. It is Big Surprise, Safaera by Bad Bunny. Before we play this Bad Bunny track, let's talk a little bit about him because he recently took some heat for not speaking up during the height of the demonstrations, not just here in this country, but around the world and across Latin America. Talk to us a little bit about that and where he is in music right now. Yeah, it's been a year of extremes for Bad Bunny. We'll say it that way. You know, even as I sit on this show, you've probably heard Safaera and it's probably rocked your world already as it has mine. But it has been a complicated year for Bad Bunny. I think his album, Yo Hago Lo Que Me Da La Gana, which feels like a world away at this point, he was at the height of his popularity. This was the album that made him near invincible. 20 great tracks calling back to the early days of reggaeton and really just paying beautiful homage to his roots as an artist in Puerto Rico. But even our most loved artists fail sometimes. And there's a lot of different ways to feel about this is, you know, of course, with the current uprising and the movement for black lives prior to it, Bad Bunny had set up this track record of himself, whether he meant to intentionally or not, as being this very vocal, very political artist in the world of Latin music that was unafraid to speak out about what he thought. And it was very refreshing. It was shedding light on a more complex view of Latino masculinity than we often see in the mainstream and of just generally speaking out for what he believed in in a way that felt real and unfiltered. And, you know, when this current moment came along and he remained incredibly silent, a lot of people were looking to him, you know, to answer, well, where's the Bad Bunny statement on this? I think... I think that was fair to expect. I also think that at the same time, it proved to us that like, you know, celebrities and our best loved musicians are not going to lead us in this in this moment, especially not especially non-black Latino artists are not going to lead us through this moment. You know what Bad Bunny ended up doing was writing a poem that was given in a time exclusive, which tonally felt a little off, which I think was heartfelt. You know, you. You can go read it. But I think what it showed more than anything is that he has a lot to learn. Um, I think it also shows the limits of what celebrity can accomplish in this moment. I think a lot of that energy can be refocused towards towards supporting black thinkers and writers and people who are really pushing this moment forward and doing the work. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't make it less disappointing for people who wanted Bad Bunny to at least acknowledge what was going on. You know, I mean... People with a lot of publicists and PR behind them have an opportunity to do this easily and have access to resources that others might not have in terms of financial support and using their platform for awareness. I think I think it was complicated and it's certainly not my place to decide if what he said was enough or, or if it matters. But I think it's teaching us a lot about how far this industry has to go in terms of its main figures working on their own awareness of racial justice. Yeah, there's no doubt that the music industry is full of injustices and has a long history, both in Latin America and here in the United States, of taking music that was uh, originally black, African-American, Afro-Colombian, Afro-Cuban, whatever, and then other people making money off of that, everyone from Elvis Presley to name your artist in Latin America. Yep, and Safaera is a great example of that. The reason it is just so great is because it's an homage to the old days of reggaeton, the days before reggaeton became whitewashed and sanitized. And that is music that had a history of being criminalized and along class and racial lines. The lineage to to the black roots of reggaeton is clear. And, it, and I think for many, it was disappointing to see Bad Bunny not own up to that. Hoy salí de 
pa' mí Yo ni pensaba que venía a dormir, no Vino redilla, puesta pa' una semilla Me chupa la lollipop, solita se arrodilla hey. ¿Cómo te atreves, mami? A venir sin pan Mira, dímelo, DJ Olma ¿Qué tú te crees? Jodio cabrón Yo hago lo que me da la gana Y se lo conejo Hoy se bebe, hoy se gasta Hoy se fuma como un rata Si Dios lo permite Si Dios lo permite Si Dios lo permite Hoy se bebe, hoy se gasta Hoy se fuma como un rata Si Dios lo permite Si Dios lo permite nuevas por la verdadera bella que va a lograr la tizi pa' que se te mojen los panty métele bella con lo versátil más puta que vestibu la que se puso bella que mami fuiste tú sigo matando con la u chocha con bicho bicho con nalga chocho chocha con bicho bicho con nalga si chocha con bicho bicho con nalga te está rozando mi tetilla este año no quiero putilla te ven con mucha prenda y te quieren pegar te ven bien activa y te Se fuma como un rata si Dios lo permite. Si Dios lo permite. Yeah, yeah. Hoy se bebe, hoy se gasta. Hoy se fuma como un rata si Dios lo permite. Si Dios lo permite. Mami, ¿qué tú quieres? Aquí llegó tu tiburón. Yo quiero perrear y fumarme un blon. Ver lo que esconde ese pantalón. Yo quiero perrear y perrear y perrear. Yo, 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 yo quiero perrear y fumarme un blon. Yo quiero perrear y perrear y perrear. Yo, 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 yo quiero perrear y fumarme un blon, un blon. La rola ya me explotó. La nena bailando se botó. Ese culo se merece todo. Se merece todo. Se merece todo. Yes. Ese culo se merece todo. Se merece todo. Se merece todo. Ah, yo pensaba que se ponía lenta. Está bien, está bien, vamos de nuevo, de nuevo. Venen a Olma, venen a Olma que está bellaco. <risa> Mi bicho anda fugado y yo quiero que tú me lo escondas. Agárralo como bonga, se mete una pepa que la pone cachonda. Chinga en los Audi, no en los Honda. Ey, si te lo meto no me llames. Que esto no es pa' que me ames. Ey, si tú no, yo no te mama el culo. Pa' eso que no mames, baja pa' casa que yo te la embotoa. Mami, yo te la embotoa. Baja pa' casa que yo te rompo toa. Ey, que yo te rompo toa. Baja pa' casa que yo te la embotoa. Mami, yo te la embotoa. Dime si él va. Si tú fumas hierba. does bring up the occasional discussion about whether or not artists should make a stand and what kind of power or influence do they have when they do that. And I think that with certain artists, there is no way that they can make music without making a political statement or without making a statement on social conditions, a statement on life in general. And there are other artists who are not part of that, but when they do, sometimes it falls flat. And as you said, you know, I think we do give Bad Bunny credit for uh, being like, for example, he was on the front lines of the the demonstrations against the the Puerto Rican governor. Uh, I think it was last summer, barely, uh, out calling for his ouster, along with artists like Residente and Ricky Ricky Martin. So I think that uh, when you put it all into you put it all together and you take it as a whole, 
there's a judgment there's a reflection of where they stand but then it's also like where are you in the moment right it can go either way it can go either way it's like what dave Chappelle said on his recent uh special his recent comedy special it's like he says they didn't need dave Chappelle. they had the, the streets were saying what they needed to say but eventually he felt like he did have to make a statement so he made this comedy special which in itself was pretty powerful so I guess it's timing. I guess it's the way it's it's delivered, and I, and also what's said that we take into a whole and we take into consideration. It's also concurrent with this conversation that's happening in Latin music about the term urbano and the usage of it. Um, a conversation parallel, of course, to what's happening in English language music. Um, Republic Records announced that it would remove urban from their usage and. Um, and on their label, and of course the Grammys has committed to removing that, and yet the same was not true for the Latin Grammys. And it's all kind of sparked a conversation thanks to uh, two journalists I I admire, uh, Gata from Reggaeton con la Gata and Jennifer Mota, who proposed that we remove Urbano from our usage and instead label the movement as El Movimiento, which is a historical term used to refer to the collection of genres born of working class black Latin Americans across the diaspora. And NPR Music published a great piece on its English language usage by Kate Young um, in the last couple of weeks, I believe. It's of course important as critics to be specific about what we mean. Um, I think oftentimes, you know, using urbano can be a lazy catch-all for talking about reggaeton, dembo, trap, what are you talking about specifically? I think one thing that I'm thinking about as a culture critic and that I hope the industry in a larger way keeps thinking about is how can we keep the channels back to the history of this music open and recognizable in its current iterations. And Bad Bunny is definitely part of that. I wonder if that same conversation will happen in the English language music industry as well with those kind of uh, historical pivot points. Interesting. These are interesting times for sure, man. Okay, next up is an album that we both really enjoyed and really were knocked out about. This album was called Miss Colombia. It's by the Colombian artist Lido Pimienta, who lives in Canada right now, but is originally from Colombia. Stephanie, tell us why you like this record so much. Oh, God. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it's 30 words or less. This is my album of the year so far. I mean, it, it is a masterpiece, and I don't take that word lightly. I think, I mean, I think Lido is an incredible talent, as she showed us on. La Papesa, her last album, and she spent years working on this one. And I mean, I I, I can see why. It, it, you can hear in every note, every song, the work and the love that went into it. I think especially the turn from the high art kind of orchestral music that we that we know her for to going very specifically to San Basilio de Palenque, the first town founded by freed enslaved Africans in Colombia. And she plays with a group called Sexteto Tabala. This song is an incredibly spiritual return about midway through the album to the country that she spends the album talking about that doesn't always love her back as an Afro-Indigenous woman from Colombia, as an immigrant to Canada who no longer lives in Colombia. You know, she's talked a lot about how the kind of inspiration for the album was Steve Harvey mistakenly crowning Miss Colombia, the winner of the Miss Universe pageant instead of Miss Philippines, and how that exposed a lot of questions about racial identity in Colombia, about who Colombia prizes as beautiful or worth celebration, and kind of what that moment exposed for her as someone living outside of Colombia and seeing all of the racist backlash to Harvey and to Miss Philippines for this this thing that was treated as kind of a national scandal, you know, when there's so many other issues facing Colombia, certainly in the world. I think Quiero Que Me Salves is a beautiful expression of wanting to thread yourself back to the place that you come from, even if it doesn't always love you back. And I don't trust anyone except Lido to put it as beautifully as she does on this album. And that was another album that was just a gift that I felt like I got for nothing in return. It was so special for me. This is Quiero Que Me Salves by Lito Pimienta.
that record is definitely going to be on my top album list at the end of the year. And I want to finish the show with another album that's going to share space on that list. This is a new album from Mexican vocalist Natalia Laforcade, and the album is called Canto para México, Volume 1. And it's an examination of Son Jarocho from the Veracruz region of Mexico, which is also where she's from. And as we discussed here on Alt Latino a few weeks ago, as she dug deeper into the music, she also ended up doing a lot more self-discovery. And I think that that's what a lot of us are doing these days during our lockdown, during our quarantine. We're looking within to try to remind ourselves of what's important to us. And I'm going to play her very haunting and magical version of the classic bolero, Cucuru Cucu Paloma. It's a way for us all to just sort of take a breather and look within and remind ourselves of what's important to us and the people that we love. Thanks again to Stephanie Fernandez for coming in to share your music with us. Stephanie, thank you so much. Thank you, Felix. It's always a pleasure. And I want to remind you that you can find our playlist on our website at npr.org slash altlatino. You have been listening to Alt Latino from NPR Music. I'm Felix Contreras. Thank you all so much for listening, and please continue to be safe out there. Dicen que no comía, no más se le iba en puro llorar. Dicen que no dormía, no más se le iba en puro tomar. Juran que el mismo cielo se estremecía al oír su llanto. Como sufrió por ella que hasta la muerte la fue llamando. Ay, 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 ay,